Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast. I <laughs> already forgot how we usually open this thing. This is a this is a uh, an emergency pod that we're doing here. Kind of emerge. I want to call it an off season special, but it's like basically the season it's again. Episode, episode zero. Yeah, episode zero. That's, That's a good. Uh, yeah, season four, episode zero. Yes, yeah, season four, episode zero kind of emergency episode off-season special. It's going to be a very long episode title, but that's what we're rolling with. So we wanted to do this one because everybody who's been following along on the internet in any fashion probably knows what's what's up, but crazy commerce realignment stuff going on, right? So a lot of that could have some significant potential impact on uh, on Tulsa. So wanted to break some of that down with you, Matt, and also kind of grease the wheels again before we get fully rolling um with season four which is going to be crazy our fourth year of the pod already but um yeah pretty pretty nuts so let's break down i guess just the high level stuff um if you aren't aware texas and ou from the big 12 announced that they are or a big story i guess first broke out i think it was the houston chronicle um like a week ago which seems like a freaking month ago at this point after so much has changed since this since the original news broke but uh, Houston Chronicle broke that Texas and OU were going to try to leave the Big 12 and join the SEC. So uh, long story short, um, you know, the last day or two, it ended up all pretty much happening, right? Like the SEC formally invited Texas and OU. OU and Texas both formally accepted their invitation. So it's basically a done deal. Um, the long and short of how long this is going to take, nobody really knows. The grant of rights deal that they have with the Big 12 and the like exit agreement they have with them is till 2025. Nobody actually thinks it's going to be until 2025. Uh, lawyers will lawyer and money will money, but the the agreement is till 2025. So we'll see what happens. But I think the first, you know, before we get into all the wildness around the Big 12 and the American and what could happen there, overall, um, man, I just kind of want to get your first thoughts on like, is this good? For for college football, right? Is this a good move? Is it good for college football, and is it good for OU, and is it good for Texas? So, is it good for OU, and is it good for Texas? I would say, like, short term, yes. Like, and potentially long term, just with how college football is moving. The answer I would also say is yes, uh, but that's because I think the direction that college football is moving. Uh, is bad, which is why this is bad for college football. Because you had this earlier this year, you had the huge debacle in Europe where a bunch of the, you know, premier teams across, uh, you know, Spain and France and England were trying to form the Super League where, you know, they get auto bids to the Champions League or whatever there. I guess not replacing the Champions League. Uh, And that's kind of what it seems like is happening now. The SEC is not at this point a... Super League because you still have Vanderbilt uh, and Tennessee and other schools like that. Oh, uh, don't tell that to Tennessee. Down, but <laughs> but yes, I know. I mean, yeah. But I mean, it, it's just kind of headed that way. You're going to have the SEC as one power, the Big Ten as another. The ACC and Pac-12 are going to kind of hang down on a second tier. I mean, you have Clemson is kind of the only one in either of those that – is, would be on this same kind of level as the other two. And so in that sense, it's good for Texas and OU because they need to get to that level and like making sure that you're on the inside. The SEC is going to, is how you're going to do that. The big 12 isn't going to get you anywhere. 
terrible for college football, in my opinion. Like, I mean, I'm sure everybody's been reading Chris Vanini on The Athletic. You know, he's the big writer for the group of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not even the only one talking about how this impacts the group of five. That a lot of the story or traditions that make college football what it is and what it has been for the last 150 years, 152 or whatever, however long the technical official uh, history is, it's just kind of going away. Like we saw this in 2010 through 2016 when alignment happened. I mean, you and I, we were both fans of Mizzou who was in the Big 12 forever. And then they wanted to go to the Big 10, couldn't get in, went to the SEC. And it's just, I mean, partially not going to Mizzou and not being around my dad, but also like, uh, I didn't really care about watching any of their games when they weren't playing Kansas or, you know, OU, Texas, Nebraska kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of destroys rivalries, destroys a lot of tradition and puts the emphasis on money and TV networks, um, which is kind of kind of sucks it turns it into more of a professional league which destroys a lot of what made college football a little more fun yeah it really does it, it sucks a lot feels like money's running everything espn kind of in the background of all of this stuff kind of pulling the strings really <laughs> it, everybody so. was so excited when marvel slash disney was buying all their superheroes back bringing <laughs> spider-man back into the fold and all this but that's because we didn't know that Behind the scenes, they were destroying college football. That's what <laughs> yeah. was really happening. <laughs> Very nice. I got it. it is it is amazing. Like you brought you mentioned the Super League, and maybe maybe you brought this up, and I and I missed it. But like the the backlash to the Super League when that was going around in European soccer, European football, um, was like intense. You know, nobody wanted that aside from like the people who were trying to make that deal happen. No fans were about it, and so like uh, there have been some comparisons to that, like you mentioned. Um, with this sec move you know pulling in ou in texas like what is this in the long term going to become a true super league is it going to be a junior nfl or whatever and man i that that sounds off that just sounds horrible nobody's gonna like that and like i wonder you know like the super league how it happened in european football that was one fell swoop right they were trying to make this whole deal happen right now all at once Mm -hmm. and fans were like no we don't want that but what the sec might be working on here is like okay we're gonna do the slow burn way of getting to a super league we're gonna pick up texas no you right now there's gonna be some outcry but like not enough for anyone to care and it's gonna be cool because Mm -hmm. this is getting better and then we'll just do that again in like five years and then we'll do that again in five years and eventually you've got the sec super league right it's just it's just gonna be everything is like People are going to be upset, but no one thing is going to be enough to push people over the edge. Like right now, OU, Texas coming in, it's like, that sucks. People are mad, but not enough to do anything. Then the next step is, okay, we kick out the bad teams and swap in like two really good teams. People are like, well, that sucks, but you know, it kind of makes sense. It's like, that's how it's going. And (laughs) that's what, it's just like, we are, we are all frogs in a pot of water that is slowly getting hotter. So I'm saying, man, it, it's, yeah, it's tricky. It's a tricky move by the SEC, but I feel like that's what's going on. And so I don't know that I really hope that's not happening. Um, but I feel like it very well uh, could be. And like part of the, part of the thing we're missing out on here is um, the, like, and you, you kind of alluded to this too, the regional rivalry part of this that we're, that kind of exists pretty heavily in the big 12. Everyone's pretty, that's like a very geometric centric uh, conference. And, 
the SEC sort of is too, but like you're you're losing all these games from the Big Twelve that these people have been playing forever. The only one I think you gain is you get Texas Texas A and M again, which is nice. Like that's a game people look forward to for sure. So it'll be fun to have that, and that game hasn't happened a lot in the in the last several years. Um, so I'm happy about that one, but that's like it. You know who does. Who am I excited to watch OU play in the SEC? I mean, I'm excited to watch them play a lot of Missouri. these teams. Like, yeah, definitely. Okay, great, great call. That's so true. Mizzou OU coming back will be nice. Um, but it's just, you know, it's a bummer to, to lose some of the some of the classic Big 12 rivalries that have been going on. No, and it'll be, like, exciting to see, like, OU Alabama, OU LSU, because these are games that would either only happen yep. in bowls or, you know, once every 10 years kind of thing in Mm non-conference but i mean that was kind of what made them more special in a in a way like now that they're going to be playing every you know like two three four however many years based on however many pods there are across the uh southern united states (laughs) like i don't know eventually that will just kind of get boring yeah there's like uh because they don't have that like long-standing traditions Mm mm-hmm yeah, no. It's going to be civil conflict all over. <laughs> yeah. Can't get worse than that or better, depending on how you look at it. But the, uh, I know, um, yeah, it's like, I, I'm trying to think of, there. there's some, there's some pair of two teams in the SEC that have only played each other like once in the last like 10 years or something. I, do you know this, what I'm talking about? I can't remember who it is, but it's, so it's Georgia and I want to say, um, it's like a Mississippi team or something. Maybe. Yeah, and it's just maybe on it. No, I think it's Texas A&M. Texas A&M and Georgia have played one time uh, in the eight years that Texas <laughs> yeah. A&M has been in the league. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like, like, what is that? You play, you play them. I think they changed it so that you play everybody. You'll get to play everybody once if you're there for four years, but you won't play at a stadium, every stadium, yeah. unless you're there for eight years. <laughs> yeah, right. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, it just feels weird. I mean, so I, you know, I got to thinking about, okay, how are these teams going to do in the short term and the long term, like on the field, right? Not how are, not how is this going to be for the university or, or whatever, but like in the short term and the long term, is OU going to be a good team in the SEC? Is Texas going to be a good team in the SEC? And my feeling is like, you know, short term for, let's take OU first, I suppose. Um, OU, I mean, it feels like they're going to, right off the bat they're gonna be fine <laughs> they're gonna be fine in the sec they're they're running the big 12 they've been doing it for like eight years in a row or four years in a row or six years or whatever how many championships they have in a row now um so i think in the short term they're gonna be great like i would i would not be surprised to see ou make a conference championship game as, assuming they're in a different league than alabama or if they're in the same one as alabama then you know right up there with them uh in the short term right long term probably fine as well although i'll, I'll transition to texas here uh, they're kind of the flip for me. I think Texas, not even that good in the Big 12 right now, right? They're like they're in the top half of the Big 12, but like they're not winning the league. And they, what is it? It's been like 16 years since they won the. No, I don't think that long. 11 years or something. I don't know. They haven't won the Big 12 in a long time, and they haven't really even competed for that spot in the last several years. So the fact that they're not even that good in the Big 12 right now scares me for how this is going to go early for them in the SEC. I think they could get beat pretty bad early on. 
But long term, it's only because they're losing the recruiting game. That's the only well, that, reason. So <laughs> this, whole, this boosts their recruiting game all the way to the top. And I, I don't even know if you're joking or not, but like I really, I do think that's going to have a huge impact on Texas long term in the SEC because, like, dude, right now they they legitimately lose serious recruits to Texas A&M because A&M's in the Texas high school backyard, and they're the only Texas school in the SEC. So they can go to these high school coaches and say, hey. You're, you know, I, we're right here with you guys. We're A&M. We're, we're the big timers in the SEC. You want to stay in Texas, play for an SEC school, come over to A&M, right? That's a, that's a pretty compelling argument to go play for the Aggies. They got Jimbo Fisher now, big-name guy. Like, it, it looks good for now. But, like, Texas now, the big dogs, the state school, you know, UT, they're coming into the SEC. They now get to say, we are in the SEC. We are, like, not the little brother to A&M anymore, which they wouldn't have said before. But now they have, like, definitive – we are now on an equal conference footing with A&M and we're the state school and we are just the University of Texas, right? We're going to we're going to kick A&M's butt all the, all day long. Come play for us. Stay in Texas. Come join us instead of going to, you know, the B team over at A&M. And I think that'll be really really impactful. I think that's going to mean a lot and I think Texas short term maybe will struggle a little bit, but I think long term they're going to really succeed. You know, the one thing that I have um as like a counter is Texas, you know, has, will will cry and say that, um, also just caveat, like, if you can't tell, I'm not a huge Texas fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. but they'll go, they'll say like, Oh, you know, it's because we're in the big 12. We can't recruit as well as anybody else. But I mean, look, if you look back on their last like 10 years of recruiting, they've been, they've averaged like number seven in the country for like recruiting classes. They had 20, 20, they were 9, 2019, they were 3, 2018, they were 3, you know, like 11, 2016, I ignored 2017, because that doesn't really help my case, 26, <laughs> yeah. uh, but since 2016, they've been the best recruiter in the Big 12, and like you were saying, like, they haven't had that much success with that, I mean, part of that is they had Herman, who doesn't seem like, you know, he was made for a school as big as Texas or anything like that, um, but like their recruiting isn't gonna step up that much in the SEC, like just comparatively. Like, yeah, they will be more competitive with people, uh, like for like Texas A and M for recruits. But at the same time, like a lot of people in the SEC have been using Texas as a recruiting ground now. It's mm-hmm. like Texas A and M brought in not not only gave them the edge and saying like, hey, we're the SEC school, C school in Texas, but all of a sudden Georgia can come in and be like, hey. Like, this is SEC. Like, you guys want to play for SEC, like, a good SEC team that has a chance to win the conference. Yeah. Alabama can come in and do that. Yeah. Georgia can do that. So mm-hmm. Texas is, like, no longer has that factor. And so, I mean, I don't know. Every That's year true. is Texas is back. Until that happens, I don't really see them having that much success. That is extremely an extremely good point. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any counter. Like it's true. I do. Everybody does say Texas back every year and it never happens. So, um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes in the sec for them, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they really struggled with Tom Herman. The recruiting was great under him. Um, but like, or it was, you know, I, it was fine. Like you were saying, it was, it was good, but like there was a, you probably maybe saw this too in the athletic, there was a Texas high school recruiting piece on like what coaches do well there. What coaches don't shout out to, uh, um, blanking on his name, Aaron Fletcher, Tulsa's cornerback coach. Uh, he made it in there a time or two about being a great recruiter who unfortunately now is gone at Mizzou. Uh, but like 
Tom Herman, they were talking about him and Sarkeesian and like what the difference between them are at Texas and stuff. And man, uh, the Texas high school recruiter, like high school coaches, do not like Tom Herman. I think that's a big reason he who, got fired. Who does anybody like him? And can you guess why? He's like, just, can you guess what the number one complaint he's a, was? Is it because he's a douchebag? Yeah, he's just a giant asshole, <laughs> right? I mean, and it comes, it's like so plain to literally anybody who ever watches that guy. And yeah, un, unsurprisingly, was not uh, hidden from the Texas high school football coaches. Um, okay, so that's probably enough time talking about Texas. I'm getting sick of talking about Texas. Anyways, uh, let's move on to. Um, yeah, horns down, baby. Matt just we're on we're on video. Matt just did a nice horns down. Uh, fine him for like twenty five thousand dollars or whatever. If you're in the Big Twelve, that's not a fine in the SEC. <laughs> Big Twelve, they're still in the Big Twelve, man. You can get fined for that. Um, okay, so next kind of step here, um, kind of along this weird trajectory of a week, uh, kind of midway through the week, I think this happened, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. Um, Bob Bowlesby, right, Big Twelve commissioner. He sends a cease and desist letter to ESPN for conspiring with the American conference of all conferences to raid the big 12 of their teams, right? His accusation was quote, um, he's accusing ESPN of having been quote, actively engaged in discussions with at least one other conference, hint, hint, who that, who that is regarding that conference, inducing additional members of the big 12 conference to leave the big 12. And Bowlesby was saying there were three to five teams they were going after, right? And so, so many layers to this. One, I could not believe that this story was true. Like, I, all, like, so much respect to Mike Oresco for thinking he can pull this off. This was like the dream. This is probably his dream come true. Shouting from the rooftops, the Power Six movement for the last six years or however long it's been. And now, all of a sudden, we're knocking on the door of this being a possibility. So, Mike Oresco going going wild also shitty of you probably to like be conspiring in this way with this tv conglomerate who's dominating the sport but could really help to you so i mean i'll, I'll give him a wash on this one uh but anyways first thing that i thought after being like holy crap i can't believe this is going on is one it is wild i mean i get i get why bob bolsby is doing this but it is amazing that he's actually doing this so publicly in front of everyone right if the Big 12, their current media deal is like a joint deal between ESPN and Fox Sports. If the Big 12 survives and like the teams stay together, they're now in a public fight with their TV like owner who pays them their money, right? Their media deal every year. ESPN is a huge chunk of their money maker. And they just called them out like in public in front of everyone to just shame them for doing what they're doing. And I guess good on him for having some like pride in the big 12 and, and defending what's going on. But man, you got to think that puts some serious tension on the relationship there. Right? Like, does that make sense to you? I mean, I, I get why he's doing it, but man, if, if they do survive this, yeah, now all of a sudden the ESPN, they're not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to sign with ESPN. They would have to rely f solely on Fox. Like who, but, yeah, and, and then who wants that? Right. Everybody wants to watch ESPN. It's going to really hurt them, hurt them. Yeah. Which Kind of sucks. I mean, that's just everybody wants to watch ESPN, giving ESPN kind of almost a monopoly. I know, man. On it, yeah, it's amazing. In the world, which is <laughs> yeah. terrifying. Yeah, for sure. And like that's, uh, I mean, I talked about this earlier, and I think I, I mentioned it in uh, in our Slack conversation this week. Is just um, let me let me pull up my poetic um, words that I said. <laughs> oh, that's blog. 
uh, what is it? Reading list. Yeah, sorry. We have so many threads in our two-man Slack. Got to take advantage of that Slack channel, baby. Oh, yeah. So one, ESPN sucks, and I hate that TV companies are the ones deciding conferences based on what teams are going to move the needle. Like, it's becoming a TV market first versus regional, uh, traditional conference rivalries. And so the fact that ESPN all of a sudden, and it's not even all of a sudden. I mean, this has been in, like, a thing since Texas first started, like, created the Longhorn Network kind of thing. The power that media companies are going to have over the shape of college sports. Because, like, yeah, we talk about this in football first, obviously, because that's kind of what's driving a lot of this. But this ends, this will end up impacting college sports across the board based on mm-hmm. some literally the rights to who has who for football games. Like, that's – I hate – that ESPN yeah. gets to decide. I know um, who gets to play who or who is like thrown out because you know there's like the risk that you know if the AAC doesn't end up taking people in, but we lose people all of a sudden. Tulsa, like if we lose UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, like the AAC is <laughs> going to be about on the same level as the Conference USA yeah. or the Sun Belt. Like they the AAC would probably take some of them in, but all of a sudden we're not making like any money. Mm-hmm. And then what happens to us for football? Like the fact that two teams moving from one conference based on a TV deal can go all the way and hit just <laughs> potentially force a school to like shut down their D one football team. It's yeah. like, that's kind of a, I mean, that's worst case scenario, but there's too, way too much power for outside of the actual people in the sport. Yeah, it is. It is. It is wild. And yeah, you're right. Like that is, you know, I put together kind of what I thought my worst case, my, my like middle case and my best case were. And you're right. That is the worst case is what, what you just said. Like the big 12 stays together. Bowlesby's thing works, whatever. And nobody leaves and they backfill maybe plus like four teams to get to a 12 team league again. Uh, for the big 12 right? and they mostly probably would raid the American and maybe like Boise or somebody else. I don't know. Um, but like it would be UCF and Houston, Memphis and C, uh, probably South Florida just cause they're always tied along with UCF for some reason. Um, and then all of a sudden you've got, like you said, it's like back to a CUSA situation with Tulsa and that is not good. Right. That, that could have some serious ramifications. Like you just said, like potentially the media deal collapsing, we're back to a serious financial struggle after just a couple years ago, like the Americans new media deal became like, you know, I think Derek Ragg said something along the lines of the biggest economic day for the university of Tulsa in, in its athletics programs history, right. Or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So you could all, all of a sudden go from that like two years ago to back down to uh, you know, potentially even less than what we, what we had at 2 million, probably not less than 2 million, but around there. Yeah, so then it becomes like I feel super shitty that I'm rooting for the Big Twelve to dissolve so that the AAC can take some of them on until TU survives, and I'm like that makes me feel like an asshole. And I'm like, oh man, I hope all those other teams collapse and have to, uh, you know, find new homes. It's See, Matt, like, the, you can, you it's, can. It's a lose lose situation for everyone. It's not mutually exclusive here. You can both be sad for the schools but also root for the big 12 to collapse at the same time. 
At least that's what I'm telling myself. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if you actually can do that, but that's what I'm that's how that's how I talk to myself these days. I'm like, man, it really sucks for Kansas State, but like, hell yeah, Big Twelve, burning hell, right? I'm like, come over to the American. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's fair. Probably, definitely not. But that's what I that's what I'm saying. Um, but like, you know, I don't know. It's I. So we're at Tulsa Podcast. I'm allowed to be biased towards TU. If I was on ESPN saying this stuff, I'd probably phrase it differently. But I'm not. I probably would phrase it the exact same way, to be honest. But um, it's just you got yeah, so mean, many. You're, you're acting as if like ESPN cares about biasness for anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really yeah, exactly. Uh, well, bias towards the SEC probably is the only one you have to be. Yeah. Um, but okay. So worst case, like there, right? You said. You know, the American gets rated hardcore by the Big 12. We become Conference USA like 1.5, 1.2, something like that, right? Barely better than Conference USA. Middle case scenario, right? A couple teams from the Big 12, this is leaning towards best case, right? But a couple middle case, I think, a couple teams from the Big 12 bail, right? Uh, the likely suspects here, I think, are probably KU to the Big 10. That's been thrown around wildly. Uh, West Virginia to the ACC, just because proximity, and that's been thrown around as well. Oklahoma State does not want to join the American, so maybe they can find their way in the Pac-12 or something like that. Um, you know, so a couple of schools bail, and they they bail on the Big 12, right? And this kind of puts a spiral onto the Big 12 in one way or the other. Um, kind of the nail in the coffin for them. Two anchors are already gone in Texas and OU, and then they lose their other, like, big brands in KU for basketball and OSU, who's the kind of third best performer in the Big 12. And, um, you know, West Virginia is whatever, but they, they could be gone. Uh, all of a sudden, the media deal that Big 12 are – so, okay, a little tangent here. Um, I saw a report, I think it was by The Athletic, maybe it was some um, just speculation by one of The Athletic's writers, uh, was saying, you know, the current Big 12 media deal is like 30-something million per school a year, right? The Americans' media deal is 7 million, right? And with OU in Texas gone – they're projecting that media deal basically becomes the American conference media deal, right? Dropping from 30 million to more like 9 million was, was basically the speculation. And that already would send some schools running. You got to think, because these schools, like you're telling me OSU who's been operating on a $30 million athletic TV deal budget, just from that side of it is gonna just willingly take a 20, like, like a $20 million pay cut in, in what they can operate on. It is so much harder to do that if you're a school like OSU or Kansas or one of these big timers that and basically any of the other schools in, in the Big 12 that are used to paying this or getting this much money from their media deal. So all of a sudden you lose that much value. It makes the American a legitimately attractive conference for these guys, because at the same time, you got, you know, the reason Ballsby is conspiring or, you know, sending a cease and desist to ESPN for conspiring with the American is apparently the American and Mike Oresco are promising more money for these schools if they bail on the big 12 and come join the american so you're saying maybe you know if you go come do this you're not going to be losing 20 million dollars in media revenue you're going to be losing like 10 million dollars instead and maybe you can still survive on that which is which is kind of but i mean it's it's better than sitting there kind of not knowing what the situation is going to be so okay so let's assume that that happens these schools get scooped up like the remaining five or however many uh to join the American and make the American a 16 team league and call it the big American has been the running joke uh, on Twitter. Mm. And it would be, you know, it'd be like the current American plus like Baylor and TCU feel like natural fits there, potentially Texas tech, Kansas state, Iowa state, you know, things like that. That's a, that's a pretty compelling league. 
And I think that could control like $15 million per school payout potentially. Um, and that is significant. Like, and I'll just kind of cut to the chase here. My best case scenario is that there's a, there's a rumor like report who knows going around also that it's not just three to five teams that Mike Oresco wants to pull here. It's literally all of the big 12. Like he wants all eight of the remaining schools. And I don't know if that has any legs or not. Yeah. Like make it a, make it a 19 team league. We'd probably pull a Boise or something on top of that and make it a 20 team. I, the thing that scares me about this situation is like 20 is too that, big. What if they try to drop off some and Tulsa's one of those, right. you know? So yeah. Cause that, well, cause that's what uh, I was just looking up again is like the Sun Belt was in 2017, like the worst conference uh, in D1 football. And they were at the point where they're like, okay, we have a potential to bring in new teams. So Idaho, New Mexico State, we're going <laughs> to kick you guys out. And that was the <laughs> yeah. Sun Belt. Yeah. Like yeah. imagine if the AAC was just like, hey, we're going to kick people out. And they're not going to do it based on who's been the like least successful. Uh, so it's not going to be like South Florida or ECU. It's yeah. going to be TU, who is going to be TU and Tulane, or like brings almost no money. Yeah, yeah, it is very scary. So like that's my that's that's a best case, but also it has the flip side of potentially ending up in a thing, like an even worst worst case. So that could happen. But like, stick with me here. Like, say that the twenty team league or the sixteen team league does happen and TU's still around in that conference, right? That is the best case scenario. Then then we'll, what we're looking at if that happens is we have just we got this new media deal in the American it was effective 2019, right? So that's just like a year and a half ago I think is when this went into effect. Or probably 2 years ago now. Summer already. Time's flying. Um so 2019, prior to 2019, we were making 2 million TU was getting 2 million dollars a year from the media deal. 2019 comes we go to 7 million, like triple your money right off the bat, right? That's significant for TU. And now just two years later, like we're looking down the, the scope, down the barrel at potentially like a 15, $20 million financial payout per year for the University of Tulsa Athletics Program. That's saying going from 2 million three years ago, two years ago to like four years later, potentially like, 10xing your money you know that is incredible that is incredible like that means significant real like obvious structural change happening at the university of tulsa not just the athletics program right that's like we've been operating with so little money we already put so little money into athletics if we all of a sudden get this influx that could be that much more that i don't need like that's a different school that's a different looking university to me i do you does this does this resonate with you? Does this make sense? Yeah, I mean, as long as there's no um, stipulation, and I mean, I know that in the past has been the money is supposed to go in the athletic department, but I be, I mean, I feel like there are ways to move the money around with some fun uh, accounting mechanisms uh, to <laughs> make it probably. so that the school is all of a sudden getting a bunch. Yeah, because they talk about like they just restructured all the majors and got rid of a bunch of programs because they don't have, they weren't having money. They've been, I feel like we've switched presidents and all that just like so much because of just, you know, different things here or there that pop up. And so to be able to have that financial stability from like not tied to something as much as alumni donations based on like the oil market, which it (laughs) seems like is a very big um, case for, 
you know, to you if like we can if we could guarantee like a regular income like i don't i don't see it being as much as 20 million per school yeah i uh, know that's that's kind of a stretch i but. i feel i could like 15 perfect mm-hmm. like i'd be very happy with that um because I, I mean at that point we're still it's almost eight times uh as much yeah. but like 15 million dollars a year is incredible like the amount of like the facility change for football for athletics in general like you could think about like they cut golf uh when we were there uh our senior year and stuff like that it's like all of a sudden you have the ability to support the men's golf team again do you have the ability to bring out more women's sports uh bring back baseball i mean how much change like in good change could happen at the university it would be huge um so it's just another reason, like death to the Big Twelve. Like, this is all. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, everybody's always saying you. Everyone preaches loyalty, but everyone's also looking out for the one. For and sure. so, uh, like loyalty to the AAC. Like we have no reason not to be loyal because we want to stay in the AAC. So it's going to be worse. <laughs> like we end up if we somehow end as an independent. That's a death bell. Like yeah. now, whatever for. Um, to you football yeah and then it's like the best i feel like we could do is we'd go back to the conference usa or like i i'd rather go to the Sun Belt than conference usa i think but yeah for sure. i don't want to go to the Sun Belt. yeah me neither um yeah speaking of like you mentioned potentially going independent just a little side note here like how if this all goes down and like we become a 16 team like power five like how bad does uconn feel after i mean i guess they're still happy with basketball but like if not i not really it's a pretty good basketball league all this and we're already a pretty decent basketball league and now you've got oklahoma Bring state in, in the there national and, champion <laughs> yeah yeah exactly baylor like just wild right so how, baylor, how bad does Tech, UConn feel state i mean those are all good basketball teams no doubt i know man it would just be KU potentially it just like feels Lord. it feels it feels right. It feels good. But <laughs> so, and I will say, like, props to UConn though for being like they want it to be geographic. Like they picked yeah, to switch sure. because they liked having those old rivalries that they didn't have yep. in the American. And so, like, as much shit as we give them, and I will continue to give UConn shit. Um, like, they kind of took the approach of like, well, for us, college sports are regional and well that's how they wanted to kind of like i and, guess and this, i guess that's can... what they're doing with football right i guess a lot of their teams they're scheduling are kind of regional teams i think so yeah i guess yeah, there's something and, to that and it's like well and it's more because like they're a basketball school first and so when i say like regional and like those traditions they looked at it on the basketball side as opposed oh, for to sure. football yeah it's no like doubt. they have they don't have a huge tradition of football other than that one like weird bcs run that they, <laughs> yeah. uh, had a couple years ago 10 15 years ago at this point yeah um true uh but yeah it's i don't know lots of things could go on here um something i struggled with trying to figure out and i still don't know if i have a really great grasp of part of this uh so i wanted to run it by you see what you thought was how this all how all how every aspect of this benefits ESPN. So I know how some of it benefits ESPN, but I don't understand the other part. So one, um, the big story, another reason Bowlesby is suing them or it might sue them, sent them a cease and desist or whatever, 
is because Texas and OU, if they leave early, have to pay all this money, right? They've got this big mm-hmm. exit fee they have to pay because of the grant of rights and their exit deal and whatever, all that stuff. Um, like simply put, if the Big 12 just doesn't exist anymore, they don't they don't have to pay that money. And so the argument is that ESPN conspiring with the American to just destroy the Big 12. That way, Texas and OU don't have to pay their their exit fee. And this is the part that I'm somewhat confused on because on how this benefits ESPN. Part of it I understand. One, like ESPN doesn't have a full share of the media deal of the Big 12, right? So if more teams leave the Big 12 and go to leagues where the league is run by ESPN, basically, they get more of that money. So I assume that's mm-hmm. that's a chunk of the reason, right? But is there yeah, the, more to that? Other spec, like speculation, and nobody knows for sure, is that ESPN in part of their deal or like negotiations with bringing OU and Texas in is that they would cover a large chunk or up to all of their exit fees oh, for the Big 12. Gotcha. So if the Big 12 doesn't exist, then OU Texas don't have to pay it. And then ESPN doesn't have to like recon like okay. essentially pay that for so, them. That's what I've heard. So like that's not yeah. a done deal. But I think that's um like that's the basis for Bowlesby's potential lawsuit. Okay. Is because ESPN is literally meddling in a contract where they have a stake into it, which is like I don't transidious. I I don't there, there's a word that yeah. they're all throwing everybody's throwing around that I did not read or <laughs> Said, uh, remember. It was uh, God. What is that word? Um, tor- tortious. T-O-R-T-I-O-U-S. That's it. Tortious. tortious. Yeah. yeah. And so, yes. and I uh, I saw, I don't know if it was, I think it's Texas's, I saw this on Reddit. Uh, one of Texas's big boosters is a lawyer who made all his money um, fighting against uh, Chevron, maybe, um, in a tortious, tortious lawsuit against Pennzoil or something and so you know there's uh texas has can bring in the big guns apparently interesting yeah okay so if that's i know it's speculation like you said with with espn paying that buyout but if that's actually what's going on that has to that makes sense like i thought about that like is espn doing this but i hadn't seen any rumors even or like just reports about that potentially being why i must have just missed them because that makes sense right that would be that would give ESPN some serious uh, uh, ammunition on why they want, might want to do that. So, okay, mm-hmm. I see. That answers that answers the missing link there, if that is what's going on. Um, that's all. I don't know. Did you have anything else? Like, I think, okay, so let's see. We covered kind of the basics of what, what went down. We talked about Bowlesby and the kind of, like, cease and desist, um, conspiring with the AAC, all that. And we talked about some, you know, what could go down with the American. What else is there? Did we miss anything? I don't know. I think that's kind of all, everything that we know at this point. Like, I think more stuff will break out as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be very interesting, you know, living in Tulsa, which is both an OU and OSU <laughs> territory. Yep. Like, I've overheard people at work like chipping at each other like the OU and OSU alumni um like every Big 12 game is going to be insane like between OU and any school between Texas and any school 
like bedlam is just going to be a shit show oh my god like, i know yeah hopefully that and that's another thing like what's the uh, so i haven't read about this in the last like couple days which makes me feel behind right which is very weird to say because i read about it when it first was going down but it's been a few it's been a while and i think things have changed is the is the latest saying like are people actually worried bedlam is going to stop because i know like when mizzou left for the sec Obviously, uh, the border war, Mizzou, Kansas stopped, and I don't remember who pulled the first punch there. But I, if that happened, I'm Kansas, sure Bedlam could happen. Yeah. It was Kansas refused to play Missouri after that, and so OSU is already talking about. Um, there's been comments, not like any, not like press release or anything like that, but just sentiment that like, why should they continue to play OU if OU is just going to bail? That sucks. That should not happen. God, I hate that a lot. That would really sour this whole thing. I mean, I know it's already extremely sour for OSU, so whatever they're coming from a di- much different place than I am, but just like a person who likes to watch Bedlam, that would be a huge bummer. Agreed. All right. Well, if that's everything, we can probably wrap it there. Is that cool with you? It's good with me. All right. Well, um, yeah, that was just fun. It was good to get the wheels turning again. We'll do it again yeah, in, the, uh, uh, in a couple of weeks here with a surprise guest who nobody knows about. the it. full beginning of the season. Yeah. First game, um, September 2nd, right? But yeah, September 2nd against UC I Davis, don't remember. Baby. Yeah, and then OSU, OSU, or do we have OSU, yep. somebody OSU, 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 Arkansas State, and then conference play. All right. Uh, let's call it quits there. Um Thank you, listeners, for listening to our uh, our off-season, kind of quote-unquote off-season. It's basically the season time, but emergency pod off-season special that we uh, wanted to get going here. Appreciate it. Um, follow us on Twitter. If you're not already, it's at Golden Hurricast. Uh, what do I usually – where else are we? We're on – oh, thegoldenhurricast.com is our website. So check that out. It's got some details on there that aren't on our Twitter only. Um, reminds me, I want to talk to you about something after this, Matt, so we can talk about that. Um yeah, I think that's it. Thanks a lot for listening, okay. and we will uh, we will talk to you. Uh, I think we're recording. What day is that 15th. Sunday? So the fifteenth. Okay, so we'll probably have our first actual episode out on the sixteenth or the seventeenth of August. Uh, kind of just doing a overall season preview. I'm sure we'll talk some more realignment stuff when we got a pretty awesome guest coming on for that one too. So uh, looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Stay golden. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> Forgot about that.